You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Wednesday, uh, November 18th. Hey, how are you? How you feeling? This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh my gosh, we got a bunch on the agenda today, so let's not uh, waste any time. Let's dive right in. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Maybe over the course of the next hour, we'll figure out what fleets are together, because I'm not exactly sure. Who knows? Day number 23 of the Regal Tumble, the battle for TV supremacy. Very strong debut yesterday by our entry. And I would say, without giving anything away, Today might be our strongest four-show field top to bottom. I, I, I don't know which way uh, people are going to go. There's many days where, you know, you can tell which one of these is not like the others. Today is not one of those days. So we'll get to that. Plus, headlines are scheduled for today. I can't promise anything. I cannot promise. I mean, we got too much stuff. And uh, Baseball Hall of Fame stuff that gets me riled up. We got uh, two guys being talked about getting in that, uh, oh, my God. No, 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 no. Uh, we got Jamal Adams. we got some Jets stuff. But you know what? Let's start with the NBA. Let's get that off the uh, top right now because the draft is tonight. Will we have the draft, Ray Santiago, on uh, 98.7 FM ESPN New York tonight? Will that be something that I we believe featured? we carry right up until the Knicks pick. Uh, right up until the Knicks pick, right, right when things go south. Uh, but all right, let's start with the Rockets situation because uh, there are reports the Rockets are now essentially going to play hardball with both uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, right? Both guys want to leave. Both guys don't want to stay there. Harden wants to go to Brooklyn and only Brooklyn. Um, And the Rockets, as an organization, according to reports, don't see any reason to rush things. And they are, the quote that gets your attention is, they're willing to let things get uncomfortable. The Rockets, according to the article, have no issue with going into training camp And the start of the season with Harden and Westbrook on the roster, even if the superstars are unhappy with the situation. Well, as I said yesterday, they should be in no rush, right? Uh, They don't have any timeline where they have to do anything. Both guys are under contract for the next few years. And just because they say they want out doesn't mean you have to work on their timeline. I would just simply say to the Rockets, prove it. I, I don't believe you. You know, you hear in teams in the NBA all the time say these things. And all the time, they end up caving. And it feels like just something to put out there to kind of create some, maybe some leverage, some pushback to say, you know what, we're not just going to hold a fire sale and give away this guy for nothing just because he says and Harden that he only wants to go to Brooklyn or Westbrook, who says that uh, his, his time to move on as well. You know, you have this popular theme that you have to treat Harden or Westbrook or star players. Because the NBA is a star-driven league, you have to treat star players a certain way uh, because other stars that you might be pursuing down the road, they are noticing and they're going to be watching. And they are going to, if you treat these guys poorly, it could prevent you from being able to land other star players in the future. So you have, to, you have to do things the right way. I would argue, though, it's also setting a template for others to leave whenever the hell they feel like. Right? As I said yesterday, in the NBA, when the going gets tough, the tough get going to another team because they want to contend for a title with their buddies. So the Rockets have done everything within their power 
to keep James Harden happy. And now he says, well, I'm done here. I need to play with KD. And you see it all the time. Either players wanting to move on because they're unhappy with the situation, players being bought out of contracts. Jason Kidd was a great example of that. I need to be bought out so I can go to Dallas and win a title. So the Rockets can talk a big game. Let's see if they have any follow-through at all. It's like New Year's Eve when everybody makes their resolutions. No, this year I'm going to... You know, I'm going to learn to do this, or I'm going to get myself in shape, or I'm going to go to the gym every single day. And then by, you know, January 7th, you're sitting on the couch with a big bag of, big bag of Fritos, you know. Uh, let's see if there's any real stick on the Rockets' part, especially because if and when they do make the deal, uh, they'll say, well, this was the deal we wanted all along. You know, we wanted Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert in a draft pick in 2032. You know, that's what we wanted for a top five player. It just seems a bit strange. Uh, One more thing. I don't know if I touched on this yesterday, but in terms of the Nets angle of this, right? Bringing in Harden, which I think the the reaction to largely has been, well, this could be just a mess, right? You got three guys who all demand the ball. How are they going to make those games fit together? And to me, it's a talent league. If you have a chance to get talent, go get talent. Uh, The one thing that people are kind of, you know, they're saying that it's risky. It's not really because even with the team that you, even without making the deal, you don't know that you're good enough to win right now. It's not like Durant and Kyrie, while they will be title contenders, they'll be contenders in the East if both guys stay healthy. That's a big if. You're coming off a year where Durant played zero games and maybe more troubling, Kyrie only played 20. And it's not like Karis Levert is exactly an Iron Man. So I would say I don't know that it's all that risky because you're all in on the next two years anyway. After the next two years, you're going to have to reevaluate, not just you, the players themselves, KD and Kyrie, are going to reevaluate where they're at and how they feel about playing in Brooklyn. Very good chance they decide they're going to go someplace else. So I would say if you're all in on the next two years anyway, And at this point, while you might be a title contender, I don't know that necessarily you're a title favorite. I would say go out and add to that mix another star, another top five player if you can, because right now you don't know that you're good enough. All right, so that's the first thing, getting that out of the way. Number two is the draft is tonight. And both between I and Ray, uh, we we believe, yes, that the draft will be on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, with our coverage uh, taking you right up until the Knicks pick. So the Knicks, as things stand right now, are slated to draft at number eight. So we will have the draft, and then Carlin will follow the draft, uh, or at least follow uh, the Knicks pick, assuming they stay at eight. Maybe they move down. I don't know. We'll, we'll have the draft tonight. That's what you need to know right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And it seems like, right, it's a pretty wide-open draft. You see things that LaMelo Ball could go number one. I've seen things that he could drop to three. He could drop to four. He could drop to five. It's a draft where nobody seems to want to move up, but plenty of teams want to trade down. It's a pretty weak draft. And I have said, if I were the Knicks, and I get it. You know, you have a new regime who's looking to make a splash, who is looking to make a mark, who is looking to get their names out there. And, all right, this is the first big chance we have to make a big move outside of hiring a coach. But in terms of talent, this is our chance to really put our mark on where, this direct, where the direction of this franchise is going. And if I were the Knicks, and I'm sitting here in a draft where, you know, you got a lot of prospects, but they're all kind of suspects too, right? There's not any guy in this draft where you say, oh, there's, this guy can't miss. Oh, this guy's definitely. And you're sitting there at eight, 
given the Knicks draft history in the past, if I were them and Ball does not go number one, does not go number two, and you're sitting in that three, four, five range, if I'm the Knicks, I would be working to get him. You're desperate for a point guard. I get that he has issues. His shot is, is a, a little, uh, little hinky. His defensive effort is terrible. I mean, I think the one way that he could improve his defense is simply wanting to play it. And he might be a little immature. He's an 18-year-old kid. I think all 18-year-old kids are immature. But he's a playmaker. He's an incredible passer, great with the ball in his hands. And he's 18, so he's got time to grow. And it would not shock me at all. Like, if I had to put my money on one guy in this draft turning out to be a legitimate NBA player, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, Hall of Fame player. I don't know if anybody in this draft is going to be that. But I'm pretty confident that that guy will at least be a good NBA player. And while that's not my goal, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for the highest ceiling. I just don't want to whiff. I don't want to have the lowest floor either. And I don't think the Knicks can afford that. And I don't think even this new regime, even though they've basically just gotten here, I don't think that they can afford that. Unfortunately, it seems pretty clear that the Knicks will either take, if you are putting your money on what the Knicks will actually do, you would put your money on them drafting either Abby Toppin from uh, Dayton or uh, Devin Vassell from, uh, from Florida State. Well, why those guys? Did they fit some prototype? Have they looked at the scouting reports? No. It's mostly because those guys are CAA clients, and that's where Leon Rose used to be. And the Knicks have long been known to favor CAA guys. And that's just how it works with them. And how is that working, by the way? It's not working too great. <laughs> not great, Bob. So it does seem like that, that narrative is going to still be out there considering you went out and gave the job of, of constructing the team and coaching the team. Tom Thibodeau is also a CAA guy. So you want to give people a chance, but it seems like that it's a lot more of the same. There's a lot more of the same and a lot more of the same kind of thinking that has gotten the Knicks into this kind of spot that they're in right now. Now, again, there's no player in this draft, I think, that will turn around the Knicks quickly. There's no player in the world that exists on planet Earth who will turn the Knicks around quickly. So I would say there's no need to rush this. There's no need to be looking to make some big, splashy move that puts the Knicks on the map right away because there's no guy out there that will do that. And it does seem like the momentum towards the Knicks and Russell Westbrook is kind of stemmed the tide a little bit here over the last, you know, 48 hours. Hope to be that that's the case because the Knicks do not need to go out and make that deal. And uh, uh, what deals they make tonight, it'll be interesting to see. Let's see if there is any, um, I will say for Leon Rose, it doesn't really seem like anybody has a real idea of what he is going to do. Let's just hope that Leon Rose has an idea of what he's doing, you know, because uh, when guys get here, you want to give them a clean slate. You want to give them a chance because they are not responsible for the mistakes of past regimes. Unfortunately, it seems like a lot of the thinking is still the same. So we'll see how we go tonight. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. It is day number 23 of the Regal Tumble, a new entry. And I will just simply tell you, no show is safe. There might not be a better case of no show is safe than today. So just to clarify... K-Show, 3 to 7, 255 to 7, whatever. Uh, and then 7, Carlin comes on. He's on till 7.30. The draft starts. We'll stay with the draft until the Knicks make their selection in the first round. 
and then Carlin will come on and recap it. So he's kind of like sandwiched the, the draft there. All right. So, all right, there you go. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls involved. Uh, we have John and Freehold. John, what's going on, my man? Long time no talk. What's up? I'm doing well. How are you, Gordon? I'm good. Gordon, listen, I'm not going to make any predictions on who they're going to draft, who they should draft. I will just simply say this. Best player available. I don't want to hear about the CAA connection or any other nonsense. Well, that's troubling. Isn't that troubling? That it, it, def- it definitely seems like, from what we can kind of gain from the outside, of the people that are insiders, it seems like that's the reason they're targeting those two guys. Whichever of those guys, if both of those guys are gone, well, then maybe. But if one of those guys is available at eight, it certainly seems like that's the way they're going to go. The franchise has had a fixation on the point guard position, Gordon. We all know they need a, a franchise point guard that can lead the way for this team and spearhead the rebuilding process. But you can't reach, you can't stretch, you can't make a mistake because you draft by need. You go by best player available. This franchise needs everything. <laughs> the whole the shopping overall list. health and well-being of this franchise. And to get it on the right track, you have to have that open-mindedness. And they brought in the head scout from Utah, who was part of the drafting process that led to the drafting of Donovan Mitchell. So I think the guy knows a little bit about drafting and, and, and evaluating talent. And it wasn't just Donovan Mitchell. He's had success with the rest of their roster over a number of years. And they've done a good job there in Utah. I hear Michael Kay saying, you don't build teams through the draft in the NBA. You build it through free agency. You build super teams. That is absolutely positively nonsensical. You see what happens in OKC with Sam Presti. You look at the Miami Heat. They get mid- and late-round selections, and they hit on them. You see what goes on in other places with Golden State, what they've done. They've built a dynasty there through the draft. You need to be smart. You need to be selective. You need to do your due diligence, and you need to draft the best players available. Now, you mentioned them going up in the draft. If they truly believe, if they have full conviction, if they've done all their homework and they feel it's worthwhile to move up, which is something the Knicks haven't done and I can't remember how long, by all means you make the bold move and you get it done if you believe that person's a part of your foundation, if he's a franchise-type talent. Also, you trade down if you can. Would you be objected if they, if they traded for, down from their eighth pick to pick up another asset and drop down somewhere in the 12 to 15 range and ah. fill another major need? And that's a, a lethal sharpshooter, a perimeter uh, killer, an assassin. The pro- the, here's the problem to, I have with that, draft the kid Naismith, Here's I the problem I have with that. The problem I have with that is, A, I don't really trust the Knicks drafting. all. I mean, they have a lot well, of picks here from now until point. kingdom come. I don't know necessarily in a weak draft trading down and, and may, may, I guess maybe taking another shot at the dartboard and, and, and maybe being able to hit on one. I don't have a whole high level of, of confidence that they're going to be able to find some diamond in the rough at 24 and moving down from or 25, you know, somewhere at the end of the first round and moving down from 8 to 12 to 15 range. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that necessarily is going to, uh, you know, land you another player that you think it's going to, especially in a weak draft. Gordon, every year we hear it's a weak draft, right? And every single year there's always these diamonds in the rough, these surprises, because the franchises draft well. You know, you, like I said, I'm not looking to drop down from 8 to 24. If, why, why can't we drop from 8 to 12 or 8 to 15? 
pick up another asset in the process. You got another late first round pick that you got in the Marcus Morris trade, and you got a second round pick. Sam Presti does this every single year. Mid to late first round picks and second round picks, picks he hits on them. Okay, Ka- Kawhi Leonard was fifteenth overall. The great yeah, no, absolutely. Was 15th That's overall. fair. That's right. fair. But you, I mean, that's the problem. And John, thanks for the call. Um, that you have to be able to hit at a higher rate than you've been able to hit, right? The Knicks have not been able to hit all that high. Now, they have not had that many high picks. I mean, they had Porzingis at four, they had Barrett at three, but usually they're in that, you know, seven to eight to nine range. So they've really not been bad enough to be able, you know, it's not like they're blowing top one, two, three picks time and time and time again. Uh, I don't know that I have that much confidence because they already have a bunch of picks coming here. Uh, over the next few years, and it's a weak draft, so I don't know that I'd necessarily um, that I'd necessarily be in favor of moving down. I want to get at least one piece that I know for sure is a legit NBA player, an NBA starter. Even if he's not a star, I got to be able to find a way to get one guy that comes in here and is at least part of moving forward. Because it's not like they have a whole. You know, you're talking about the shopping list. It's every aisle. There's no, you know, sometimes you go to the shop, uh, the supermarket, and you can, oh, we don't need to go down that, those couple aisles. The Knicks need to go down every aisle, every single aisle. They could use everything. So everything's on the table. And I agree with John, yeah. The, I mean, go best, best player available. Uh, now, the problem is that no matter who you get, unless you're, you know, just strike it super lucky, every single guy is going to have to come here and develop, right? I mean, you're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. So the Knicks have not done a great job of developing anybody they've drafted either. So, all right, one 919 espn one 919 3776 is the phone number. Let's hear uh, from, um, from Jay Williams, where he was talking yesterday on Barton Hahn about the Knicks and Russell Westbrook. This is what Jay Williams had to say about the Knicks and uh, Westbrook. No, I don't go for Russell Westbrook. I stay the damn course. It, it, it's, people may not like it. But I stay on the course of the draft, and I keep building assets. I want to see Russell Westbrook in New York. I think it would be a good fit for Russell. I'm not sure it would be a good fit for the Knicks long term. It's just I like you just, I don't know if a lot of just, players want to play with Russell Westbrook at this stage of his career. I love Russ. Russ is a competitor. He is a beast. Yeah. But just everything I've seen becomes about Russ. And for you know this, or you know this, like when you're when you're young on a team that has not formed your identity, if you don't have somebody that is just saying, we are, it's not, it's about us all the time, that can isolate a team. That can make a lot of your young guys go in a different direction. And it's all about, if you want to keep R.J. Barrett, if you want to keep some of these young assets, stylistic-wise, they need somebody around them that's going to show them how they need to be in the next five years. I, I'm just not sure right now at this stage of his career if Russ wants to take the time, allocate the time to do that. Oh, my God. Thank God. It felt like I was starting to take crazy pills there for a while because everybody's like, yeah, the Knicks absolutely should go. It seems like that's kind of uh, faded a little bit here over the last couple of days. But, you know, you never know with the Knicks. You never know. Here's Jay on Barton Hahn, 11 to 1, obviously here at 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Who should the Knicks target at number eight? I've had the luxury just because all I watch is hoops all day, every day Mm -hmm. to watch Obi Toppin play. Now, if we were, if we had March Madness last year, I think it would have been, you know, March Madness puts a lot of people on the scene. Like we, we have too much stuff going on as it relates to the pandemic, the season shutting down, everything happening, sports 
calendars are all jumbled up this year. But if we had March Madness last year, we would have been talking about how special Obi Toppin is. And I now seen like a comparison to Amari Stoudemire. I actually think he's a little bit more skilled than Amari Stoudemire. But yeah, he's one of those guys that's coming up the draft board pretty fast. Uh, I'm curious to see if he'll be around by then. But Obi Toppin would be the one guy I would mess with. All right, so there you go. Obi Toppin is a name that's been brought up a lot because of the, the CAA connection, and I think that if Toppin – it doesn't seem like he'll be there, but it's kind of wide open. Here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you that I know which guy – who they should target, who they shouldn't target, this guy. The things that you've read and seen about Toppin is the concern is his defense. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Tom Thibodeau can you know do something to get him in a better position on defense. So I'm not going to tell you I know for sure one way or the other – uh, of how these guys will play. It does certainly seem like, though, that if Toppin or Vassal are there at number eight because of the CAA connection, that that's the way the Knicks are going to go. And uh, with, the way, with the track record of CAA, you know, chasing CAA clients time and time again, that has not exactly worked all that well for the Knicks so far. Maybe this time it's different. Let's hope so. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. Enough of this NBA talk. Let's get to the reason you came. The Regal Tumble. It's time, people. It's day number 23. And yesterday, we uh, introduced into the mix, of course, very strong debut by Chappelle Show. Only two seasons, but those two seasons, iconic, very impressive. So leaving us yesterday and leaving us quite quickly, it was established early on what show would be leaving us yesterday. Friends, hit the road, friends, out over the top rope. Look, they didn't have a long run, but they did take out the wire. Something you voters all should be ashamed of. I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself taking out the wire with friends. But yesterday, uh, Chandler Bing got uh, introduced to Rick James, and he now has unity uh, imprinted in his forehead. So that's day number 22. But today, it's day number 23 in the battle for TV supremacy. So the three shows that we know are returning obviously are The Sopranos. Very, very strong. Although The Sopranos almost did not, uh, was not the number one show. Well, they were the number one show, but only slightly. That, that margin is starting to narrow a little bit. Uh, they are back. Obviously also back is Seinfeld. Another strong performance by them. And then the third show, obviously, yesterday's debut, Chappelle Show. So it's day number 23. No show is safe, people. Let's find out who joins the mix today. Hit the countdown. Four, Wow, just when you thought it couldn't get any tougher, it becomes tougher. Curb your enthusiasm. Oh my goodness, just when you thought. Maybe we'll have a couple of easy days. Vote No, 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 no easy days. 8.7 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Almost like the Dave Grohl of comedy is uh, Larry David. Taste the sandwich, taste it. He's like, he had Seinfeld first, right? He, that's like uh, Dave Grohl and Nirvana. And then he comes out and goes out with another massive show, which debuted basically in 1999. So basically 20 years 
you know, you got 10 seasons. So I would say no show is safe today, people. No show is safe. So it's all up to you, the people. And my message to you in terms of voting, all I would tell you, vote early, vote often, get your burner counts out, do as much voting as possible. But also, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. That's all I will tell you. But the vote is up. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dammer. Your four shows today. Curb your enthusiasm. Sopranos, Chappelle Show, and Seinfeld. And I would think that today, Seinfeld has done very, very well for itself so far. But today, I would think you can make a compelling case that Curb is a better show than Seinfeld. And as we've seen, recency bias, right? If it comes out more recently, there tends to be more votes for it. I don't know. Maybe Seinfeld, the fact that it was on, you know, just regular TV and is on all the time. Curb is on. Although Sopranos, that didn't hurt that. So I don't know. We'll see how the vote goes today. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we will get to, today is Wednesday, so we will do headlines. Also, we have uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot is out. Jamal Adams is out talking again, which uh, is uh, not generally good for him. Uh, So we'll get into that, too, coming up. Lots of stuff to do. It is the Gordon Damer Show. All right, here we go. His debut. Now there's going to be the man right there. That's Blue Chipper right there. You know, I have to agree with you, Jim Ross. I don't like you, but i got to agree with you. Rocky Miami is looking good. First third-generation superstar ever. His father really made a name for himself here in Madison Square Garden. So did his grandfather, Rocky Maivia. If you smile. WWE Network. I would say that uh, since 1996, uh, The Rock has been doing a lot of working out. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, well, look, you didn't tell me that, but, I mean, he is uh, in phenomenal shape for a regular person, but back then, a little doughy. You have to admit, right, Ray? He's a little uh, little flabby back then. He's been uh, been doing some push-ups. Listen, he's completely changed his body from what he used to be. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, no, he looks like a completely different guy who is now the size of a house. And it's worked worked for him. Look, it obviously works. It obviously works. It's amazing. How does he do it? I think I know how he does it, but all right. Never mind. Oh, dear. All right. It's uh, the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And The Rock is like the male Beyonce. There's no woman who does not like Beyonce. There's no guy who, like, hates The Rock. So there you go. Um, Your moment of inspiration for this uh, Wednesday morning. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. And the uh, Regal Tumble, in case you're just joining us. Because sometimes we kind of flip which segment we do it. Today we did it second segment, and the shows are up. And simply, the advice is, no show is safe. Day 23, your shows, Sopranos, Chappelle's show, Seinfeld, and curb your enthusiasm. And at least so far, it looks like there could be, uh, there's no easy option there. So I'd say that there's a good chance that a big show is going to be leaving us at the end of the day. Who knows? But all right, let's get to headlines because it is Wednesday. It is the third segment. And let's uh, hit the music right Today's headlines. Extra, extra. Okay, first headline. Ten people arrested at illegal fight club in the Bronx. What's the first rule? What's the first rule? Nobody talk about the fight club. How'd the cops find out about it? Obviously, somebody's been talking. It's the first rule. I'm pretty sure it's also the second rule. Obviously, somebody's been talking, though. All right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Go ahead, bro. Moving on. There were 200 people at the event, but only 10 got arrested. That's a little strange to me. 
I don't think you're supposed to be having 200 people anywhere right now, never mind an illegal fight club. Where are the legal fight clubs? If people had legal fight clubs to go to. All right, Antonio Brown allegedly destroys security camera in wild temper tantrum. Wait a sec. Are we sure this is the right Antonio? This doesn't sound like the Antonio Brown that I know. The wide receiver guy? He always seems so level-headed. Wild temper tantrum. Are there any other kind of temper tantrums? It was a very subdued temper tantrum where he destroyed the camera. I'm assuming they have footage because it's Antonio Brown and it's a camera. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Three people cited after a park ranger at Yellowstone National Park found them cooking chicken in a burlap sack in a hot spring. Well, I mean, I've heard you have not lived until you've had geyser chicken. Have, Ray, have you ever had geyser chicken? Chicken cooked Can't in a geyser? Can't say that I have. No, I, but I heard it's it's delicious. You just stick it in the hot water. I'm sure that that's like a technical way of cooking food, right? Like boiling food. It's probably like a fancy term for it. I don't know what it is. Man, do we just dominate chickens or what? We just dominate. I mean, think about all the chicken you eat in the course of a year. You've got to eat billions of chickens. We just dominate them as a species. But um, do these guys know about Costco? Because you don't need to cook it in a geyser. You could just go there. You go to Costco. It's like $5. I don't know how they make any money on it. It's, and it's delicious. Oh, my God. You're just eating every piece of that chicken. The rotisseries. And they're serving them up every single day. Pandemic, no pandemic. Just boom, 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 boom. All day long. There's got to be thousands of chickens there. Has nobody else thought of this? I feel like I'm the only one that thinks about the poor chickens. But they're delicious. That's their fault. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Robotic dogs start to patrol Florida military base. Well, I mean, does this sound like a movie script? I mean, this was literally a script for Black Mirror. There, There are these robotic dogs, and they're hunting people down. And why would you take them to Florida? That's the worst place to take the robotic dog. If if there's ever going to be an incident, it doesn't really take much of a stretch. You don't need Steven Spielberg to come up with that script. Robotic dogs in Florida at a military base? That feels like a mistake. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. A Belgian-bred racing pigeon sells for a record price of $1.9 million at an auction. These people are aware we have the internet. We don't need racing pigeons. I mean, that's like saying, you know, I'm going to go out and buy a Zeppelin. I mean, we don't need Zeppelins anymore. We have we have regular tech. We have airplanes. I mean, it, it, it feels like uh, racing pigeons are kind of uh, an old technology that we don't really. What are you doing with the racing pigeon? I don't know. It feels a little bit uh, strange. All right, moving on to Florida, extra, man. Extra, Florida man charged with grand theft after troopers said he grabbed a fallen utility pole, strapped it to the roof of his Camry, and tried to take it to a recycling facility. Apparently you're not not allowed to do that. It was just sitting there. He didn't knock it over. It was already falling down. Uh, Drunk Florida man tries to get violent after restaurant refuses him more alcohol. Yeah, it's a bit redundant, right? All right, moving on. Florida man arrested for shooting flare gun at person's head. Florida man brings eight-year-old on his crime spree to, quote-unquote, toughen him up. Extra, extra. And Florida woman, not to leave her out, rescued after crashing into an alligator pit. Extra, extra. All right, that's going to do it for headlines for today. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Do we have time to get in another call here? I think we do. We can get one in. uh, Mike is in Staten Island. Mike, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, how you been, man? I'm good, man. What's going on? 
I got to say, I think this is the, the toughest decision yet on the Regal Tumble. I think so. No, no easy choices today, unfortunately. No, I just don't have much faith in the people anymore after they got rid of the Wyatt and Friends. I yeah, I mean, look, it's it's clear that there are certain people, and I love all the listeners, I love all the voters, but there are certain people that don't have any taste. Everybody thinks they have taste. Everybody thinks they have a sense of humor. What our experiment with the Regal Tumble has shown is uh, that's not the case. I mean, I got to take Curb over Chappelle's show, and I think you're right. You can make the argument Curb is better than Seinfeld. This, uh, it's almost unfair to put Curb and Seinfeld against the Sopranos because I feel like a drama is going to win this thing. I feel like you almost got to have two Regal Tumbles. Yeah, well, look, that's the, that's the beauty of the Regal Tumble is to throw all these shows. You know, somebody brought up yesterday, I don't remember the tweet. Oh, well, I, can't, I don't consider Chappelle a TV show. Well, it's, if it's on TV, it's a TV show. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. If it's on your television, you can vote on it. Yeah, you're right. Listen, this is, I love the tournament. Thanks, Gordon. All right, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the call, man. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And I will tell you, uh, you know, like I've said this before, and you might think uh, the boy that cried wolf. I'm telling you right now, no show is safe today. That means The Sopranos is not safe. I would say Seinfeld is dead. This is going to be Seinfeld's toughest challenge because a lot of voters of Seinfeld would also vote for Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I would just say no show is safe. If you have a favorite, I would get out, vote early, vote often. I think we'll save the uh, Hall of Fame ballot stuff until tomorrow. I will just simply say this. I've seen two names being brought up as, you know, there's not that first ballot guy this year because it's just, it just is the way it is. The, the people entering the ballot this year, there's not uh, someone that you look at right away and say, Hall of Famer. And that, that's not to say that none of them will eventually get in, but I don't, I don't look at any of those guys and say even maybe. But two guys' names who are out there that will get, I think, serious consideration. Tory Hunter is on the ballot for the first time. I don't think that Hall of, he look if he's a Hall of Famer then you got to go back and bring in a whole bunch of guys who have already been booted off the ballot. The first one I would say is Jim Edmonds. Why is Jim Edmonds off the ballot when if if Tory Hunter is getting in, Jim Edmonds is a Hall of Famer way above that. And I would say Bernie Williams should have gotten more consideration than Tory Hunter. The other one that I really feel strongly about and it seems like he's trending in the direction of getting in is Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel is not a Hall of Fame player. He is not Ozzie Smith of the American League. I'm sorry. He played forever. Yeah, he's got a bunch of gold gloves. But he was a terrible offensive player. He only had two seasons. Two. And he played until he was like 50. Two seasons where he was above average as an offensive player. And even those two seasons, two, were only like slightly above average. So, no, I'm sorry. Omar Vizquel, oh, my gosh. He is not a Hall of Fame player. All right, so a couple of things that we have not gotten to yet. And, of course, the Regal Tumble is up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Curb your enthusiasm into the mix today. And already voting has been very strong so far, so we'll see how things shake out today. But two things that we uh, have to uh, get to. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. What was he on, Ray? Tell me again what, he, what podcast he was on or YouTube. Uh, or Zoom it's called show or All what? Things Covered in the host. I think it's a CBS podcast. The host okay. is Brian McFadden, the former okay. NFL All right, corner. so he was on that. And uh, he, he talked about his time with the Jets because, God forbid, he ever goes two minutes without talking about the Jets. Here's what Jamal Adams had to say. Man, we finished 7-9, right? And we came into the locker room. Everybody was happy, clapping it up. And it was just like, what do I really want? 
can I stand this again? Because, bro, I fought depression in New York, bro. And I'm man enough. Really? I fought depression, bro. Wow. Oh, but there was so many, there's, there's been so many times to where I've, I've, I've came home after a loss, a tough loss, and just sat in my room, bro, in the dark. No phone, no TV. And Pops would walk in and be like, hey, man, you all right? He hated to see me like that. It, it killed my Pops so much, come to find out. He was calling my agent at the time and saying, hey, man, I don't like seeing my son like this. I need him out of this situation. So it got so bad to where it took a toll on my life outside of football to where I had to make a move. I had to get out there because I knew what I wanted and I wanted to win. It was like, man, they do not want to win. All right. So there's, there's Jamal. Uh, The problem with that is Jamal has no credibility because if they would have given him the contract that he wanted, he would still be here. Is there anybody, is there any doubt that if he would have gotten paid the money that he wanted to get paid, and the money that even the Seahawks have not paid him, that he would still be here and he would be talking about how he's a jet for life and, you know, I'm the prez and all this stuff. It's nonsense. So, look, I don't know whether he was clinically diagnosed with depression or he was just feeling sad about the Jets, but the problem with him talking about the 7-9 and nine year, they won more that year than they did the previous two years. So I don't really think that he has a, a real leg to stand on when it comes to uh, the complaints that he has about his time with the Jets. Look, they weren't very good. But if, you, if I were a Jet fan, each day that goes by since that trade, and I felt this way when the trade was made, I'd feel better and better about it. I'd feel better and better about that deal, getting that guy out of here. And I know that he's a very uh, you know, talented player. He's an he's a all-pro kind of player. Uh, I'd feel better and better. Now, that doesn't mean that it will turn out to be a good move. Because if the Jets and Joe Douglas go out and, and, and whiff on the picks, well, then you got nothing for this guy who was a sixth pick in the draft and is, is clearly a talented guy. But I would feel just that personality and just uh, the way he spins things and everything else, uh, I'd feel better and better about it as the days go by. Now, I got to call somebody out. And I don't know if anybody ever calls it. I don't know if they called him out on it yesterday. But yesterday on the K Show, Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, coming up 6 o'clock just 10 minutes from now, was talking about uh, the Giants. And he was asked, are the Giants the best team in the NFC East? And this is what Keyshawn had to say. Look, the only game that they've gotten run out of the building is San Francisco. Every other game, they've been in it, they've been around it, you know, and it's it's up for grabs. Now, Andy Dalton's coming back to the party for the Cowboys. What does that mean? Does that mean all of a sudden the Cowboys get their act together? I don't think so. But the Giants are probably the best team playing right now in the in the NFC East. I would say Philadelphia probably has the better pieces when they're fully healthy than the Giants and the Cowboys. All right, so there's Keyshawn saying that the Giants, he believes, are now... It was just a couple of weeks ago he was saying they were going to go winless along with the Jets. Oh, boy, that the spin on that. That has turned around very quickly. Did they call him out on that? He, it was just a couple of weeks ago. He said the Jets are going to have the first pick and the Giants are going to have the second pick. And now he's saying... I get that it doesn't take a whole lot to change things in the NFC East, but boy, oh boy, that is a quick turnaround from the, the, the worst team in football to now they're the best team in the NFC East, which I get, again, there's not that much difference between being the worst and being, you know. But, and I do think that the optimism surrounding the Giants, boy, that has gotten a little carried away. You know, just because Daniel Jones has gone two games without turning the ball over does not mean that he has proven anything 
I love how that is. Oh, he's gone two games. See, he's proving he's the guy. Oh, there's Ray chiming in there because his Cowboys stink. Look, he's not, Keyshawn's not wrong about the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys no, are terrible. Listen, listen, the, Cowboys, the only thing the you definitely know about the – if you had to put money on anything in the NFC East, it's the, 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 uh, the Cowboys are not winning it. We could all agree on that, right? I can sort of agree with that unless yeah. some, the other teams find a way to mess it up, which is entirely possible. That's why well, I look, don't want they, 100%. I mean, they could mess it up. It's almost like you can't – the the Cowboys can't catch up because they can't win a game. I mean, like, how badly – the Giants would have to go basically winless the rest of the way, and maybe the Cowboys, you know, they'll beat the, the, the Giants that other time, and then they'd have the tiebreaker. But that's I think, about the, I think the Cowboys have the Vikings next. That that was might have been the worst game I've ever seen on Monday Night Football the other night. And then we got them on Thanksgiving. It's, it's, it's going to be – Oh, they, they could, they, they, but they could fall. So we got to watch that is, on Thanksgiving? The point is they could fall backward into a win. They really could. Oh, my. Lord, I can't. The Giants and, and Washington, excuse me, uh, Cowboys in Washington on Thanksgiving. Oh, my Lord. I'm really going to have to stretch not to be talking to the family. All right, let's get to some phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Spike in Jersey. Spike, go, my man. Good morning, my friend. I just thought about something with the uh, Westbrook. I, I flipped on that a little bit because uh, I heard last night that um, if Westbrook came to the Knicks, they'd have to match money. And it would get rid of Julius Randle, which is I don't wonderful. I don't know if that's true because I they have the cap space to bring him in. I, I, I think I spoke to Larry last night and he brought that up. And they can get rid in one shot. You can get rid of Kevin Knox. You can get rid of Dennis Smith, and you can get rid of Julius Randle. And you can pick up as replacements. Both Morris brothers are uh, would be unrestricted free agents. They're on their walk here. You can sign them for veterans minimum. They want to be together. They're in together, but not they're, they're together now in L.A. Different teams. They want to be together. And when uh, Mark, when Luke Morris played here, Marcus Morris Senior, he played well. He played pretty well. His brother is making I mean, a million that, bucks. It feels like you're, again, that feels like a very win-now kind of team, and the Knicks are not win-now. I mean, like, what, what is, where does that team kind of top out? What, like, is the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference? I mean, is that really what, what all this has been for? You only have to give up one draft pick that way. Uh, I, it's, not, it's not even about what I'm necessarily giving up. And, and you're right, Spike, and thanks for the call. I mean, maybe you don't have to give up that much to get him, but then he's here, and you have to play, you know, the, the young guys that you have that you, at least you're still – I mean, R.J. Barrett hasn't even had a full season yet, and now he's going to have to, you know, give way to, to Russell Westbrook. And I'm not saying that there's not things that he could learn from Russell Westbrook, but – I don't know, man. It just feels like you're kind of capping yourself out as being like the goal is to be the seven or eight seed in the Eastern Conference and not really be a contender at all. Uh, Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good. Hey, um, listen, if we want to call anyone out, to be honest, uh, how about we call out uh, Dave, uh, Rick, and, and uh, Canty? Why? You know, just, uh, the I same, love those guys. Because the same thing. They hate me, but I love them. What's up? <laughs> the same thing. Like two every single week, they just slowly just been throwing the Giants away. One win against another garbage team, and now they're all of a sudden like, "Oh, the Giants look great." Did you see how they play? Oh my God, dude, they're playing the Eagles. They're bad too. The whole division is bad. And no, I don't agree with you. I think the Cowboys going to win the division. But before you hang up on me, yo, this why because Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey, the quarterback, because he played in the AAF. <laughs> oh no, man, you love that AAF. Such a hitter. <laughs> Listen, Did you buy it? Are you, along with The Rock, buying the AAF? 
Yes, yes. Okay. No, not the AF. He bought the XFL, man. Oh, uh, whatever. Well, whatever he bought. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, come on, man. Anyway, it doesn't look. matter what your yeah. name is. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter which one. <laughs> listen, listen. You know, um, it, it, a lot a lot of people might not think it's a big deal, but the fact that you did the uh, the bracket uh for the movies that mm. was like a very great like a very good pick me up for a lot of people in the morning and this the regal tumble is the same thing man i think it's even better because not only are you just like picking one movie you're picking a show that you can constantly watch every single day and Chappelle show should definitely win the whole thing all right well Thanks. we'll see Louis. so we gotta run here uh, let me squeeze in uh, ray in jersey quickly ray go gordon great show just want to let you know you call it the way it is even your team you're humble about the dolphins you're not out there shouting it out. You even had the nerve to call out Keyshawn, and Keyshawn talks way too much. You're doing a great job. Regal tumbles, shake things up with the pooplets. You're the best, brother. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, look, we, we're winning them over one at a time. By uh, the end of next month, we'll be up to 11 of them. Uh, no, look, I mean, it's all in good fun. Uh, I hope, that, you know, the, the beauty of this is that nobody uh, the station really pays attention to me. So I can kind of say without, without any repercussions. So that's uh, how I can get away with it. But there you go. Another brilliant show in the books. The podcast will be up in a little while. Ray will be furiously working on that, getting that out to you. And he edits out all the mistakes. So you think it was good the first time. Wait until you hear it the second time with all my hems and haws and stutters all out. It's fantastic. But today, Regal Tumble, day 23. I would say uh, at least so far. Now, it's very early. The polling runs throughout the course of the day. If you are available, look, even if you have 12 followers, I would just simply say to you, hit that little retweet button. Don't bother with the fleets because we don't really know what the point of that is on Twitter. But the retweet button, even if you have 13 followers, get the word out, get the vote total up, and at least the power of the crowd, we would hope that we'll get it right. At least so far, I don't know that it's necessarily wrong, but I don't like it. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. Vote on the, if I have one message to you, it is vote on the Regal Tumble. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. We will be back tomorrow, Thursday, another big show lined up. We'll get into the Hall of Fame stuff. We'll recap the Regal Tumble, more your calls and everything. But coming up next, it is Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin, 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.